Hi guys, welcome to the Try a New Frequency with Amber podcast. My name is Amber Schnell and I'll be your host. My podcast is for anyone who loves music videos and living a life of synchronicities. A focus will be on music videos from back in the day when MTV actually played music videos. My goal is to help challenge old ways of thinking, to have an open discussion about music videos and to connect it to our current reality. I live a life full of daily synchronicities and would love to have you join me on my journey. And I'll also be bringing on spiritual experts to interview. So let's have fun, listen to great music and raise the frequency in our lives. Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited today. I have a co-host with me. Her name is Steph Ventura and she runs Steph Ventura Coaching. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Amber. Yes. Well, really excited. Just so you're aware, she's a psychic soul alignment coach for spiritual people and entrepreneurs. I'm going to let you, Steph, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So basically what I do as psychic soul alignment coach, um, I actually kind of recently changed that to psychic soul empowerment coach, but they're like basically kind of the same is um, what I do is I use my psychic abilities to really be able to laser focus into why people are having challenges in life, like what they need to resolve, they need to work through in terms of traumas, limiting beliefs, fears, insecurities, in order to progress in life in whatever direction they want to go in. And so that's basically how I help my clients. And as they do these deeper levels of inner work or shadow work or inner child healing, it's different words for basically healing. Um, As they do this deeper healing on themselves and peel back all those layers of traumas, limiting beliefs, fears, they're able to be more of who they truly are on a soul level, on a higher self level. And I empower them to really embody more of who they are on a soul level or higher self level. And this then allows them to much more powerfully and consciously uh, create the lives that they desire and that they're destined to in life. So that's how I support people. Beautiful. And you use a keyword that I've been hearing a lot of recently, shadow work. How <laughs> would you best define what shadow work is? Because I have a mental idea, but not a true definition. Yeah. So to me, shadow work is basically like the aspects of ourselves that are in the dark, that we aren't consciously aware of, that we need to shine a light on in order to integrate much more powerfully. So that's what shadow work is to me. I'm sure maybe my spirit guys would probably give me like a more official definition sometimes, but that's how I see it. It's just, these are the parts of ourselves that we need to be made aware of in order to have a greater understanding of ourselves and in order to really come back to the truth of who we are, like remember who we are, because a lot of times these shadow aspects are a lot of our fears, our insecurities, our traumas. And then because of these things, we show up in life as that version of ourselves that identifies with those fears, those traumas, those limiting beliefs, but that's not who we truly are. So when we shine a light on those things, and then we resolve them, we integrate them, then we're able to be who we really are on this spiritual level that we really are. Isn't it beautiful when we can actually be who we genuinely are? That should be the goal, because I I definitely have worked over a lot of shadow work myself personally, which leads me into the question for you. When did your personal spiritual journey begin? And how did it look? Yeah, my journey started, I think, in 2011 or 2012. I can't remember which year. And it wasn't intentional. Somehow I got on the computer and I started watching documentaries and I love learning. And I started watching documentaries on like science related things that led me to like quantum mechanics and quantum physics and all these kinds of things. And the documentaries I watched, cause I can't even remember their names right now, but what they did basically was help me to start questioning reality and what I thought about it and really understanding like, Oh, it's not just like the physical matter that I see. It's like greater than that. And it's not like so black and white to like as they painted it. And so it started kind of really opening me up to that because before I was just like very logical, scientific minded. And once I started learning about like quantum mechanics and um, really understanding like that things, even like non-living things have a consciousness, they respond to energy or your intention and these kinds of things. It started taking me into like more spiritual documentaries. And that's like how I started getting into more spiritual things. And I began practicing meditation. And I did that mostly because I had like a health issue I was struggling with. And I was just started implementing meditation and like the ones where you repeat mantras or affirmations to help me. And it did help me. And that was like 
maybe something I applied, I think for like a couple of years and then I got off track (laughs) and then I got like deep into health related things and I became a health coach and I became passionate about like the food that we eat and our lifestyle and that kind of stuff. And I actually studied to be a health coach and I struggled. I, that was a business that failed. And then that led me to the spiritual community on Facebook, which then opened me up into the world of like psychics. And that's how I came across my mentor who helped me understand that I had a lot of healing I needed to do. And as I did that healing work, my business finally started making money and it really helped for me really understand that It wasn't necessarily like having success in business or in any area of life isn't necessarily about the things that you do. It's about like what you are, like what you believe about yourself, what you feel about yourself, what you hold within yourself. And when you begin resolving those things and you shift your consciousness, you shift your energy internally, then things start shifting externally to reflect those inner shifts. And so that's how I got really deep into spirituality once I came back. And I started dedicating my life to helping women in the beginning uh, resolve a lot of past childhood trauma and start really empowering themselves around that. And then it just kind of kept evolving the more that I went down my path. But yeah, it's been a crazy journey. (laughs) I would say I was going to ask, how did you know it was time to enter the coaching industry? It makes sense how everything led into where you're at currently. Yeah. What a unique, you know. Yeah. So what services then do you all offer? What are your biggest services? Well, can I say something just now to what you just said about the path, the journey? I think it's interesting because sometimes people come to me wanting to know what their purpose is and like, what is my purpose? And, you know, how do I figure this out? And sometimes you just have to just do whatever you feel called to do in that moment. Because the biggest mistake that we as humans make is trying to is trying to figure it all out and knowing how it's going to like come together. Like, okay, tell me what I need to do to get to my purpose. But sometimes that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like it has to, you have to like go on a detour. You have to go this other path to sometimes acquire certain experiences or skills or knowledge or wisdom or whatever it is to then reroute you to where you're supposed to go. And so that's how my path had to unfold. Like coaching wouldn't have probably ever been on my radar if I hadn't first become interested in the health stuff. And so then that allowed for me to understand like the importance of taking care of myself. But then that coaching program helped me to start developing the skills around coaching because I was really afraid and insecure. And I'm like, you know, once I had to like go out there and work with people, I was like, oh my God, what if I mess up, you know, and all these things I had like practice and, you know, I had that program to help me get into that. And then I, for like almost a whole year, did all the things that I knew how to do that I was learning from people that I paid thousands of dollars even from a business to a business coach to learn how to do in terms of like creating a successful business and none of that worked for me and then when I finally started doing the inner work that's when things finally started shifting for me so I needed to go down that path and have that crazy amazing journey in order to understand that it's not always about the actions that we take you know because there's definitely I know a lot of people out there who they're doing all the things and then sometimes they don't see the results and they're thinking like what's wrong with me you know and I'm I'm saying this in air quotes (laughs) for anyone listening it's like what's wrong with me maybe I'm doing something wrong maybe I'm not good enough like all of this is in air quotes people and it's not that necessarily it's like maybe that's part of your path maybe that's exactly what you need to go through maybe you know you're being rerouted in some kind of way like this is the experience you need to have and so for me when I look back on my journey because you always understand everything in hindsight what that really taught me was just like the importance of inner work because I busted my butt for almost a whole year trying all the things and it didn't work and it was like 13 months into my coaching business that finally I made some money like 13 months and so that just really taught me like how important it is to do to do the inner work and it wasn't easy going through that period of course of not making any money because you know you want you want to help people but you also need to make money right and so it really taught me that on that level so that's what I wanted to say to that to anyone who is looking for their purpose just start because sometimes that's just the next step for you and you just have to trust and take it and it you'll eventually be led to where you're supposed to go when you're ready for it and so by the time I found that spiritual community I was like ready for that it was part of my path so just take those steps and if things aren't working inner work is important 
and just trust the process to the best of your ability. So that's what I want to say to that. But the other thing you said was something about like my biggest services. I don't remember. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try then before I ask you that question again, yeah. step on mine, because you mentioned that when people hear others' journeys and different styles, sometimes it can open their eyes to the way things don't have to be planned. For me, when I was having a big spiritual awakening, I had no idea, you know, I'm still working for the same business I was working for then, but I came up with on a whim within a week, it's time frame. I started a business, had the name, filed my LLC and literally got approved. It should have took six to eight weeks. It was approved within 72 hours. So wow. all the secrecies, everything was just going right in a row. But if when it was all said and done, two weeks later, I looked back and I was telling one of my best friends, I go like, I did not plan on this two and a half weeks ago where I am today, but it all made sense and everything fell into alignment. Even a year ago, I could say, I wouldn't be doing what I'm currently doing. I have no idea. Yeah. It is part of the journey. You know, you can never be prepared fully. I don't think for what life's gonna shell out. Yeah. Everyone's journey is totally different from the next person. So please don't compare your journey to anyone else. Like that's a big Thing I've had to work through that constant comparisonitis. You you just got to do your best to trust in your process and to do the things that you feel intuitively led to do, and just keep going, taking one step at a time. So just like you, you know, it was like this whim, but it was probably a divine download that came to you, and you took action on it. You didn't resist it, and that's so big because a lot of people resist the downloads that they get. They're you know the ego comes in, and it's like oh you're not ready, you're this or that, and da da da, and they don't move forward. And it's like you just got to do it and just see where it leads, you know, and let go of expectations, just start taking action, just let it come together for you. Trust the, well, you, the divine. Course. You nailed it. <laughs> I knew if 10 years from now, if I didn't use the green light, cause I listened, I had just listened to Matthew McConaughey's book, green lights. And if I would have waited and not took the green light, I would have regretted it. And so it was my bumper sticker sign that said, do it. And I did it. And I never looked back and I'm so proud. So anybody out there, I, I like to listen to the audible book, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. He's great to listen to A and B. It's just so eye-opening. I have a question for you real quick, if yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't read this book, so, but I can maybe more or less kind of guess what it's about based on the title. And do you think that if you hadn't read that book, you wouldn't have like moved with that download? so easily like do you think do you credit that book a big deal I do yeah because I I was so on the path of taking walks with my dog and that's an excellent question though and it came about so quickly I couldn't get enough of the book and so as I'm listening to it and then this all came I was talking to my friend and just everything started clicking and I literally had to process that through certain things that he would say in the book, but the green lights and he's like bumper sticker. And I kept saying to my friend, this is my green light. If I don't do this, I'm going to regret this. And then by the time he finished um, the book entirely, I had everything processed and done. So yeah, you're right. The upgrade definitely helped, but also hearing his stories and journeys and what he was worried about, what people would think prior and how he overcame a lot and saw the world in a different dynamic helped me start to open my eyes to a different dynamic. I was already going through with the spiritual awakening. It's amazing. Isn't it? It's cool. And that book was probably part of your divine path. Like you being led down the path that you needed to go on. Like if you hadn't read that book, if you hadn't heard his experiences of him sharing about like his signs from the universe and this and that and opening your eyes to like how things can work out when you listen or you pay attention to those signs and you act on them. Then if you hadn't read that, you wouldn't maybe have had the awareness that you needed at the time to like receive that download and to actually take action. And so that's how these messages come in directing us all the time. It can be through a book that we read and then somehow it like relates to our current present situation or a video that we watch on YouTube or a quote or some, I don't know, social media account from some person that, you know, has a message for us. Like this is us always being directed and we have to be willing to increase our awareness and notice. And yeah, you know, like, I think, especially when you're reading books like that, I feel like the universe is definitely going to bring something connected to that. 
you know um i know for me for example for a long time i i heard a lot of people talk about like the surrender experiment or something for a long time and i never paid attention to it like i feel like books come to you or things come to you when you're supposed to have them you know in your life that i finally started listening to it uh as an audiobook while i was like walking down the beach or something now it reflect on it and and really just contemplate it and it was just really interesting because I could really relate it to my own journey as I was going through this time, this period of like really surrendering. And like, it was just really powerful. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I need to listen to this person's testimony in a way to help me better manage my own current process. And it just gave me a sort of comfort, maybe validation and yeah, like support that, like, I'm not doing this alone. You know, I'm hearing this person go through it. And so all these things come to us for a reason. Have you noticed on YouTube, I noticed this and it is such synchronicity that whatever I play on YouTube and I'm listening to, I'm seeking out, will then lead into something different. Or if I'm listening to a particular song, for example, from the 1970s, the next song is something that I'm meant to be listening to if I'm paying attention or the commercials and advertisements that come in. I'm looking at something for my teeth. All of a sudden it's talking about this natural way of doing something with my teeth, you know, and it's, it's never been a negative thing. I don't know. Have you noticed that with YouTube at all? Well, for me with YouTube, I take YouTube as another way of the universe, like giving me messages or something that I need. That's everything in general, but YouTube is like one of those mediums. And so sometimes I remember very recently, and it's interesting that we're going to be talking about music today. It's like maybe a few weeks back sometime in the last month, I was listening to some kind of song. I don't know typical songs that I listen to, which are maybe like modern day music or something like that. And then I noticed like on the YouTube playlist, that's like recommended or something like songs. I don't know why, but there was like this one little video at the bottom that like really got my attention. I was like, Ooh, what's this? I don't know who sings this. And I like, I click on this to be like, what is this about? You know, I just felt drawn to it and I click it and I can't remember right now the song, but it was like some old song, not old, but like maybe a 90s song or something that I had heard before. And I had never seen the music video before. I never knew that that was the band's name before. And I was like, oh, they're the ones that sing that. And I was like really paying attention to the lyrics. And like the lyrics were like a message for me. And I was like, oh my God, universe, you're talking to me right now through the song. (laughs) So I love how messages will come through in that way. Also, sometimes, you know, a crazy story I want to share here is a couple of years ago, I was in a toxic relationship and I needed to leave that relationship. And I tuned into my soul like the day before and was like, what do you really want here? Do you want to be in this relationship or what, you know? And I heard my soul clearly tell me like, I want to be alone. (laughs) I just want to be alone. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to leave this person and break up with this person. And then the next day though, because I guess like part of me was afraid of like, and this is in quotes, like being the bad person here and like breaking up with them when quote unquote, like they did nothing wrong or whatever, but it was a very toxic relationship. And I was just like feeling bad and I didn't want to deal with it. Like I didn't want to deal with the confrontation and having to deal with the drama and stuff like that. So part of me was like, oh man, like, did did I, do I really need to break up with them? Like, did I really hear my soul correctly last night? Is this what I'm really supposed to do? And then I open up YouTube and the first thing that popped up on my YouTube recommendation thing was like this Abraham Hicks kind of video, but the thumbnail, the picture for the video said, you have to let them go. And I was like, universe, (laughs) like that could not have been more clear. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna do it. And I did it. So I love how YouTube is a way to get messages from spirit. Divine timing. Well, good thing you got out of that relationship, especially if it was toxic. I know I've clung on to certain toxic relationships in the past and glad to be gone from that. I feel like <laughs> life goes so much better and more synchronicities happen the more I follow my guides and my purpose. So yeah. totally on the same page with you there. We're going to go back to the question I asked you because I'm really excited. The more and more I hear about you and I've listened to you, you know, on YouTube and listened to some of your videos and whatnot is knowing a little bit more about the services that you actually offer your clients. Yeah. So I just do whatever I'm guided to do because my intention is to work in the highest good because there's so many things I could teach on and speak on and create and whatever, you know, but I always 
allow my spirit squad to lead me into what I'm truly meant to be creating next for people's highest good, like what's needed at the time and what's in alignment for me to teach in that moment. Because as you know, like we all evolve and we're constantly expanding and stuff. So I teach based on like where I'm at and what's needed in the moment, what the people in my community are needing support with. So right now, as far as services goes, I really just let people come to me when they want to work with me. They reach out to me and they ask me to, you know, have a session with me. And then I always like generally tune into my guides. If they're not fully sure, like what they want support with, I tune into my guides to be like, what do these people really need? Like, what do they need support with? Because a lot of times as humans, we allow our egos to lead us. And we come saying like, oh, I need help with this and this and this, because that's what your mind, your ego is consciously aware of or wants in that moment. But then that's not maybe for your highest good. And so a person might come to me saying like, oh, I would like a private session to have more information around my relationship situation or whatever. Like that's what they want. But then I tune into my spirit squad and my spirit squad's like, well, no, actually what they need is they need to start moving forward with their purpose and they need to get more information around that and what they need to work through in order to move forward and take the steps and da, 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 da. Like that's actually what really matters right now. And so then I relay that information to the person. Right. And I'm like, this is what they said. This is what we could do. And based on, you know, what my spirit squad tells me, like, that's what I relate to the person. And then I just let them decide if they want the private session or not. So that's how I do. I don't do too many private sessions generally because I don't generally always do private sessions. It's not something like I freely consistently promote just because I'm the kind of person where I do deep levels of healing work. So I can definitely relay information to people, but then if they don't know how to do the inner work, usually, then I can tell them like, okay, this is what you're supposed to create. This is what you're supposed to do. X, Y, Z, all the info. But if they don't know how to do the inner work, then chances are that they are challenged with moving forward or getting the results. So I don't do too many private sessions because of that because I recognize that people do need support sometimes with working through those things. So I generally, the services that I do promote and offer are generally group programs and then self-study courses. So it just depends on what I'm being called to create and promote in that time. Like right now I have some things I'm working on and that I'm going to be promoting. I was just going to ask you, are you looking to add any new services? Why don't you tell me a little bit more about some of the new programs? Yeah. So right now I was asked to create a course called Rediscover Your Joy. And I'm actually really excited about that course. It's a self-study course. It's eight modules long, and it's really to help people start reconnecting with the energy of joy, especially when they have closed a certain chapter in their life. They're feeling a little bit lost in life, or they're just trying to come out of a low place. Um, Because, you know, I know we're going to talk about spiritual awakening a bit, I think today. So One thing that I want to talk about real quick about spiritual awakening is like, it's not like you just have one awakening and that's it. Like you go through multiple awakenings again and again. And sometimes depending on like what your journey is supposed to be like on earth, you'll have like so many awakenings, I think like in a year, (laughs) sometimes it depends on who you are. And, and basically to me, awakening is just awakening to a greater level of who you are and letting go of that ego again and again. And that process of death and rebirth can sometimes be intense and put you in a low place. And so you have to um, get yourself out of that sometimes consciously. And that's what Rediscover Your Joy is about. It's about helping you to connect back to the joy of living and really creating it powerfully from the inside out instead of looking to things externally to bring you joy. That's one thing that people need to shift away from is grabbing towards external things. Like I need this to make me happy. I need this to make me happy. Like you need to learn how to create joy from within. And then this allows for you as you tap into greater levels of joy to have an easier time moving forward. And so that's what Rediscover Your Joy is about. I mean, that's a self-study course. And then the other, it's like a course program. I'm supposed to hold it live for the first round and then it'll be self-study afterwards and it's called Bulletproof Empath. And that's basically um, program that I'm still channeling. (laughs) And it's the purpose of it is really to help people um, really empower themselves um, as empaths, as very sensitive people and being able to like teach them to have strong boundaries on many different levels and to feel confident in the sensitivities that they have instead of feeling like overwhelmed by them or scared of these sensitivities or whatever it may be. And really just helping them to 
be the powerful light workers that they really are here as empaths on earth. And so Bulletproof Empath is really to help people so that it the world as we know it, because it's um, evolving a lot right now, there's a lot of energy coming in and people are just, I don't know, the, the energy right now can sometimes get really hectic because there's so many changes and people are starting to, I guess, get overwhelmed sometimes, or they don't know how to handle all these changes, all these energy fluctuations. So it's really about helping people to um, be empowered around that. And also as empaths, we have a tendency because of our light to attract not nice people. <laughs> and so these toxic relationships sometimes. And so it's also about empowering them around that as well. So those are two things that I'm working on right now. And then I have my program, Next Level Manifesting. And that is a very amazing program that I'm really excited about because that's for me, next level spiritual development. It's about manifesting, not from the traditional way, I guess, that manifesting is taught in a lot of new age uh, spiritual stuff, you know, about like, oh, create your vision board or visualize your desires or whatever. And like doing that, it's not about that. It's really about creating from this deeper soul level and really releasing your attachment to the material world. And that's a journey, learning how to drop that ego that's so attached to like these things that we want and really just coming from this place of like pure intentions and love and highest good. And then from that place of like heart-centeredness, then these things do come for some reason they do. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to check out some of your coursework and your new ones as well. The Bulletproof sounded like one that would stand out majorly to me. So how do you find your coursework? Is it on a particular website? Do we reach out to you directly? Yeah, girl. So a couple of years ago, I got rid of my website because <laughs> they just, I was going through a period, oh, toxic relationship. So I was going through a toxic relationship and I was coming out of that and I had to renew my website. And I was like, you know what? At the time I was just so lost and I didn't want to have a website because I was just like, what's the point of this? Like, what's the point? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I was just like having a dark night of the soul again, (laughs) another awakening. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to renew this. Screw it. Like I'm going to leave it alone. And I've just been promoting my things ever since on, you know, my social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, now TikTok. I just promote them and people want to, you know, be in them. They just message me and I'm like, here's the link to sign up and pay or whatever. But I'm doing a little bit better by like creating like a, a momentary, I guess, like website or something like a web page, a sign up page um, for people to like go and check out. Sometimes I write info. Sometimes I don't. I can't be bothered. I'm like, listen, if y'all feel pulled to this, you will be drawn. <laughs> and I just leave it at that. Okay. Well, that's great. We'll show your uh, links to the, your social media platforms in the show notes so people can connect with you. And I'll have to... Uh request some additional information about a couple of your programs after for sure. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you're very spiritual in your beliefs and practices and, you know, growing like myself. So what are some of your favorite spiritual practices that you have? Well, I think for me, it's really become super important this year to meditate, like, I'm always intuitively guided. And this year I have just meditated like never before. (laughs) And I do do my best to spend some time every day meditating, if not anywhere from like 20 minutes to an hour, sometimes more than that, (laughs) if I can. Um, But it just depends on how I feel like what I need. And I think that's also really important. I think that's also maybe part of what I'm going to be teaching in Bulletproof Empath, because I think sometimes people on the spiritual path, they they get too lost in the spiritual practices because they're like too high up in their upper chakras and they think it's all about like meditation all the time or all these spiritual things. And that's not always like, you can't live up here, you know, from your neck up or whatever, your heart up, like you have to have that balance. So you can't neglect the physical material world by meditating for hours on end all day, you know, not necessarily. But I think sometimes There are times where the energy is fluctuating a lot for me or just me personally or whatever it is. So I meditate more than usual. So sometimes I'll meditate like two, three hours. And then other times I'm just like 20 minutes or I just don't get to it. (laughs) But I meditate a lot. I think it's really important for me because to me, that's a way of me connecting to God, to source and connecting with myself and just giving myself that, that time to really just be and to know that it's enough to just exist and to just 
breathe, you know, and just be here. So that's something that's really big to me in terms of my spiritual practices. And I think, I think another spiritual practice of mine would have to be, man, there's just so many, but I, I would have to say taking time to really be present. That's something that I've been increasingly doing this past year, especially is being present. And I say that because a big lesson of mine the last year or so has really, yeah, it's been almost a year actually, has been really understanding that I am enough just as I am, meaning that my existence is enough to receive. And it was so hard for my brain to really understand this, even just like a year ago, because I was like, always thinking like, okay, but I have to do something like I have to do, I have to take an action step. I have to, and it was always like, have to, have to, have to. And my spirit guides have been trying to kind of drill into my brain. Like, you don't have to always do it. (laughs) You don't, you just can be here sitting in the park, enjoying life, watching people or whatever, and just be happy (laughs) and be okay. And that, and trust that everything is working out without you necessarily constantly being involved. So like being present has been big in that and not just like being present, taking time to enjoy my life, but also being present in my relationships, because I think something big that um, this coronavirus situation has taught, I think a lot of people is that, you know, life is very um, delicate and some people are here one minute and they're gone the next. And so really be present with the people that you're with or what you're experiencing, because you never know. So that's been really big for me in terms of my spiritual practices. I'm glad that you brought up meditation. That was something for many years that I could not do. And when I do therapy, they would try to focus on it. And I could never get to the point until I had done enough and then I could. But the reason I say this, there's not a right or a wrong meditation either. One of my best friends, she listened to a meditation and I went there with her and we did it together, but I did not have a good experience. So I had to stop the meditation. It kind of spooked me out and I listened to it with her and let her continue on her journey. That was the only time I've ever had a bad experience with meditation. And I only bring it up in case somebody else out there is hearing and like, I had a bad experience, you know, during a meditation, I don't want to do it again. Well, if you find the right one, the one I turned to being a light worker is Cryon. He has this amazing meditation and I just absorbed the light and it just is the most amazing. And my, my best friend as well, she did the cryon meditation with me and she had the same experience though that I did in a good way, in a good way. So she was like, we can do yours. We won't do mine together. But I only say that because it's different. Hers was a lot longer in length. Mine that I like to go to is about 20 minutes. There's some shorter ones, even that are five minutes that really give me a lot of renewed strength and energy. So what about you? Do you notice, is there a particular like meditation that stands out more for you? Well, you know, going back to what I said earlier, um, when I first got into the spiritual path, like 2011, 12 or something, I started getting into meditation and I was able to like shut down my mind. I don't know. And sometimes even see things, which is interesting. And then I got off that path. And when I had to come back on the spiritual path again, it was really hard for me to like silence my mind. And I was like, but this is so weird. Like I could do it years ago. How come I can't do it now? Like what in the world? And it was so hard. And so when I got deeper into the spiritual stuff and the psychic work, I did grounding meditations for energy work purposes. And I would ground my energy, but I wouldn't necessarily like sit there in silence or sit there and like repeat some kind of mantra or anything. And then It was in 2019, I went to a Joe Dispenza workshop. Do you know his work? And I had never read his books. I had never really, you know, known much of him other than like a few YouTube videos here and there over the years. But I really wanted to go to this workshop because it was like the first time, like one of these kinds of well-known speakers on these kinds of metaphysical topics was going to come to like Peru and you know, I was like, oh my God, I got to go because I want to be around people that are into this kind of thing. And um, before I leave for Mexico, I was going to go to Mexico. And I went and when we first started meditating, I remember like, I just was struggling so much, struggling so much. And it was like maybe 20 minutes in, but it felt like an eternity to me. And then like, it just kept going on longer. And I was just like sitting there wondering like, how long is this stupid meditation? 
and then eventually I finally started letting go a little bit towards the end. And then I realized, you know, when I got done, I was like, oh my God, this meditation was a whole hour long. And like my mind was just like nonstop chatter most of that time. And we had to do like several of these hour long meditations in that like weekend workshop. And so the second time around, I was like, oh Lord, here we go again, this long meditation. And this time I was able to silence my mind a little bit faster, more quickly, but it was like still a bit of a struggle. And then the third time it was like, there was less of a fight for my ego. And then the fourth time, I think I finally did it. So it took me a while to really like relax into it. And so I just, it just depends on the person, what you need. Like I like Joe's meditations, for example, just because I get, I like um, guided meditation sometimes because then it's like, okay, I can really shut down my mind and just like listen to whatever voice, you know, guide me. But even then, like there are times where I guess like I'll listen to his meditations and it's a struggle for my ego or my mind to like shut down. And I'll be talking through the whole hour. I'm like, dang it, (laughs) I was not anywhere like in the oneness this whole time. (laughs) And then sometimes I will decide to like push past that if I have the time, because I'm like, no mind, you will not get the best of me. Like I will have silence for five minutes (laughs) and I will sit here until I get my silence. And then sometimes I do that. And then other times I'm like, you know what? I'm proud that I made the effort today and I tried. So it just depends on what you feel guided to do, what you feel called to do, what you need in that moment. Like you said, there's different types of meditations. There's meditations to just be silent. And then there's like my, my, my meditations, the ones that I do are for healing purposes. And so they're going to bring up, you know, shadows and traumas and things that are not comfortable, but they help you emotionally release. (laughs) They help you have greater understandings of things. And there's like past life regression types of meditations. So it's just about like what you need in that moment, what you're looking for support with. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, there's grounding meditations to help you ground your energy so that you don't feel like your energy is all out there and you're really grounded into the earth. So it just depends on what you need and um, see what works for you. You know, don't get discouraged if certain meditations don't work for you. Now, do you have any awakening tips for someone just getting started with their spiritual business? Oh, man. So it depends. Um, Generally, people who come to me personally are people who are going to do deep inner work. (laughs) And so... When you, because I feel like there's different levels of spiritual development. And so there are spiritual entrepreneurs who don't currently need to do the level of inner work that I bring to things because maybe at that time, their purpose is to just be brave enough to, you know, use their gifts and put them out there and share them with the world. And maybe like that's where they're at. And so for them, it's going to be a little bit different as opposed to someone who has to go like into the trenches or whatever, you know, the depths of their soul and like dig out all this like deep stuff. Like that is sometimes such a painful and difficult process. And that's their level of awakening versus the other person who maybe their level of awakening is just like overcoming these fears of like sharing their gifts and stuff and putting themselves out there. So it's like different things, but I think um, inner work, regardless of where you're at is going to be important because like I said earlier, awakening is basically awakening to the truth of who you are. It's dropping the illusions that you were under from your ego, you know, convincing you of certain things. And so when you're going through the process of letting go of the old that you knew and was so familiar and you were so comfortable with and waking up to a greater, more amazing reality, um, you have to do inner work sometimes in that process to much more easily move through whatever fears or things are coming up for you at that time. Okay. As you're, you know, going through this process. And so inner work, I think is really important to help you have an easier time with that because otherwise, as you're going through that awakening process, your emotions can get the best of you. And because there are all these things are coming up for you in that awakening process, like you're opening your eyes to the truth of certain things and that can trigger you emotionally. So how you deal with those emotional triggers with much more ease and grace is doing the inner work is understanding, okay, why is this bringing up this emotion for me? Why is this bringing up this fear, this belief or whatever for me? Like, what is that really all about? So when you understand that much more clearly, then you're able to let it go and not be so triggered by it. So 
that's one of my biggest tips, I guess, right now is, you know, do the inner work to the capacity that you're able to do your best with it, because that's going to help you to navigate that awakening process with much more ease and grace emotionally. And as a result, mentally and spiritually and energetically. So that's my biggest tip. Thanks for sharing it. I agree. Everybody should have a person or a team or a group to help them along the journey. Because I know if I didn't have some of the gurus out there that I have, and I always see an EDMR therapist, love her, go, you know, once a month and just wouldn't have it any other way and really helps keep me in the present. So I'm a big believer and a proponent on having people. I don't even need my therapy. Therapist says, you don't need me, but I go because it helps me personally just process whatever, you know, is coming on in life. So I, I just want people to know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, there are people out there that don't per se need something and they're still seeking it and utilizing it because it will help you on different levels. So I think it's important. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I think what you said is so important and necessary to be understood by anyone listening is like, you want to work with people who empower you and who don't create codependency. Like if your healer or therapist or whoever is um, making it so that you don't feel empowered enough to handle things most of the time by yourself and you constantly need them to help you, you know, they're not, they're not truly empowering you. That's the way I see it. I think the best therapists or healers or whoever are the ones that give you the tools, the things that will help you to navigate things on your own, but also that you understand that you yourself, you have your own blind spots, you have your own limitations. And sometimes you need that other perspective. Sometimes you need someone to help you see things or understand things that you're not quite getting, um, but they're able to give you a different, you know, take on things. And so understanding that that's really what it's about. It's about a symbiosis in a way, or like working together, not having this relationship from a place of codependency. So it's good that you have a therapist like that. Amen that you say that. And I love the fact that she doesn't think she's, which Clearly she, I laugh because she, I'll say you're in the woo woo with me. Like she, she laughs when, when I say that, but she doesn't judge, you know, certainly she doesn't judge. Um, she learns from me even in our sessions, you know, I'm there focused on me, but she'll end up learning things from me. And I love that she'll own that. Do you know what I'm saying? Or thinking about something in a different way. So I just think, you know, no matter what, we don't have it all figured out, even if we feel we do, <laughs> that people are always going to be growing and we got to learn from each other. So that's why I love having people on uh, my episodes here, trying new frequency, because it's amazing learning from everybody. I'm intrigued to know, Steph, what's one of your favorite quotes or mantras that you have? I'm glad that you actually let me know I was going to share a quote or mantra because I'm not the kind of person that like is into those things per se like I just kind of allow the universe to bring me an affirmation or mantra or something through like Instagram usually that I'm like oh that was so awesome like yeah this was exactly what I needed to hear today but then like I don't sit with it and think about it again and again so but I was like okay I'm gonna just google spiritual quotes on YouTube right now and just trust that something will come up that I really resonate with that I want to share. And there were two actually that I would like to share. And the first one is, you know, the spiritual journey is the unlearning of fear and the acceptance of love. And supposedly Marianne Williamson said this (laughs) as per Google. And I really love that quote because it just resonates so strongly with me. And what's proven to be true in my own journey is you're just constantly releasing those layers of fear, you know, again and again and again to come back to your truth, which is love to come back to your truth that you have nothing to worry about and that you can embrace life with open arms. And it's a constant process again and again. And that's why we, you know, sometimes have to do the healing work or sometimes you have to go through periods of dark night of the soul, like dropping that ego identity that was so attached, like the fearful things and stepping into a greater level of who we are, or why sometimes we have to go through the process of surrendering to lean into this love more, this truth more. So That was like something that really resonated with me and what especially I've been guided to embody more of in the last year and a half, especially is, you know, I've definitely had so many like ego deaths in the last couple of years with being called to step into my, you know, leadership role, even more as a spiritual guide and dropping my ego to be an effective leader. That's why healing work is so important. And that's why, you know, I say like, depending on where people are at, you know, they're going to have to 
do this deeper level of healing or not. And so for me, I have to do the healing work. I have to drop all of my crap in order to really embody love and to teach that to people. And a perfect example I want to give you of that is like, you know, last year with the whole coronavirus stuff or Black Lives Matters or whatever it was, just like different things that like personally on a personal egoic level, I had certain harsh opinions about or certain things and it wasn't coming from love, you know? And I think sometimes like we have our own unique perspective and personality and that's okay. But like the things that I was thinking, that was not love. (laughs) That was judgment. That was like, you know, me thinking I know better and all this other stuff. And spirit literally had to humble me and help me understand like, um, hello child, this is not love. See it from this place, see it from this perspective. And when I could really get that, I'm like, oh man, like I was so wrong, you know, but I wasn't recognizing that. And so I had to work through those things to, you know, embody love. And I think that's what it's all about. So that's one quote I wanted to share real quick. And then the other one is this one, which I'm really big on is how cool is it that the same God who created mountains and oceans and galaxies looked at you and thought the world needed one of you too. And I was like, this is me. (laughs) Like, I love this one because I truly feel that everyone is truly amazing and unique and they're all special and needed. And You know, there's so much talk online or in the spiritual community about oneness and dropping ego. And I get that, you know, to a certain extent, we do need to drop our ego that creates that separation. But on the other hand, we also need to recognize that we're individual souls and that we're unique and we have our own unique light and perspective and brilliance and gifts and talents and abilities and that we're meant to really bring that to the world. And that's why we were created, you know? And so there's like a fine balance between the oneness, but then also embracing our unique individuality and that we're not here by chance. Like we really were so loved by the greater power that the greater power decided like, okay, I really want you to be here too. You're amazing. The world needs you. The world wouldn't be the same without you. And I think people really need to understand that, especially when they're going through dark periods in their lives where they think that they don't matter or that they've been forgotten by the greater power or whatever it is, like, sometimes we need people to remind us, like, no, you're loved, you're loved, that's why you're here, you're special, that's why you're here, you're needed in this world, your light makes a difference, whether you have a big platform full of millions of followers or not, you know, whether you're not a public person, it doesn't matter, like, you make a difference in this world, and the world wouldn't be the same without you, so those are two quotes that really speak to me, (laughs) I hope that they help whoever's listening. Beautiful quotes, and so true, I spoke about that on my last podcast, Uh, What a Wonderful World. He talks about love being, you know, one of the biggest things that the world needs to come back to is love. And I agree with you with people needing to accept who they are. The biggest thing for me was accepting why did I get put through? It was always the poor me card almost for the longest time. Like, why did I have to go through that? Why did I have to go through that? Why am I going through that again? Well, until I finally realized I was being put through certain scenarios to be able to overcome them and to recognize where I'm at in the universe and how to stop it and how to help others and speak out. But, you know, I got so mad about it. So I love that, that quote, it stands out so much because we are all brought here with particular gifts and people can keep them in and it it's okay, but also people can share them like we, we choose to do and hopefully reach a large number of people, but everybody does have a, a great soul purpose. So I love those quotes. We'll have to put those in the show notes as well. Okay. I'll send them to you. Perfect. Well, I'm really excited. We're going to go into the video next Steph. And we, I didn't even announce the, the music video we we're going to do in the beginning, like I normally do. I was too interested in getting to know more about you. (laughs) So we're going to do Madonna's Material Girl. So Material Girl was on her second studio album, Like a Virgin. Uh, The song was released November 30th, 1984. Whenever I start out a music video, I always want to ask first, what stood out most to you? And then we'll kind of bounce some ideas off each other. What stood out most to me in the music video when I watched it, because this was the first time I watched this music video, was just how, you know, she started off being really, like, not interested in gifts and material things, but that's what her video was about. (laughs) And then at the end, you know, she goes back to basically reinstill that 
uh, perspective that like it's really about deeper things in life that really matter to her, not all the material things. So like the beginning and the end stood out for me in terms of like, I felt like that was the real her. And then the middle part was like, for show, it was the ego part, you know, the ego is the one that's interested in all these things and this and that, but at the soul level, I guess, (laughs) is like, this is what she's really interested is like that you truly care that you truly are interested in her as a person or whatever, you know? So that's what stood out for me. I was like, oh, I didn't know this video was that deep. It does go pretty deep. And for me, the biggest thing that stood out right away, if anybody that knows me, I'm a Marilyn Monroe fanatic. So right away, Marilyn Monroe, I'm like, she's recreating, you know, the video that Marilyn Monroe did years prior when she did the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And so she's wearing the same outfit, the same hairstyle. But Marilyn Monroe played a big part in my spiritual awakening. I go on a full episode on that. So we can talk <laughs> later about that. <laughs> but um, it was amazing. But I, what I noticed a lot was how the director was clearly falling in love with her, watching her, you know, dance flirtatiously and thinking all the items, the material items out there in the universe were so important. But she was really uninterested, clearly, in those And then he learns basically that she's not into that and then gives her hand hand cut flowers and borrows that dirty truck to take her on the date and it works. So the message for me was pretty simple that although she may sing about materialistic areas, uh, her true self desires simple connections. Yeah. What really matters in life. And it's interesting also, because I didn't know the Marilyn Monroe reference because like um, I'm not the kind of, I think because I'm an Aquarian, I'm like very future oriented. <laughs> and so I'm like, I can't even go back and watch a lot of the old school movies anymore because I'm like, ugh, just so old school, like old quality. I can't be bothered. Like I need the like new, super clear <laughs> images, whatever. Um, and so, but I think I, I noticed that too, in terms of when she got dressed up with the, you know, beautiful gown or whatever, and all these people came out it looked very old school to me, like old school beauty and stuff. So now that you're mentioning Marilyn Monroe, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And to me, the way I see it is like, oh, these are like old time, maybe like values or perceptions in life. Because in the past we were as a human species, we were very much concerned with the material world. We needed the material world, I guess, to like have our needs met or get move forward in life. And I think these are like more of the old school values in terms of like what we valued as a society, what was important to us then, but how we're evolving now, how I can relate that video to now is that like, we're being guided to drop these things. And it's not that they're not important. It's just that they don't need to drive us in life anymore. Like they used to, like, we need to drop that state of scarcity and of like trying to survive and trying to make it like, we don't need to do that. We can really lean to what really matters to us. And it's still going to be amazing. It's going to be great because when Madonna shows that what really matters to her, just like the simple things in life, like this guy was willing to go the extra mile for her and to make all these adjustments to what he had already done because he truly was genuinely like interested in her and wanted to really like make a good impression and really just wanted to connect with her deeply, I guess, you know? And so that showed that he cared for me. And I think that because of that, like it shows like what a good person he is and that they would have a good genuine connection. So hope that making sense. But like now today, you know, we don't need to be focused on all these flashy material things. I think when we focus on what truly matters, what truly is valuable to us or what we value, it's going to pay off in the end, just like it did for Madonna in the music video. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does. And I think her demands to the suitors that were out there, like if you look at it in a meta lyrical way, uh, her listeners, basically, I think she was trying to say, like, give her proper credit, suggesting that we're creating a false materialistic image of her true character. Uh, And she wanted us to give her, quote unquote, proper credit by going past her outer self and looking at her character from within. And so that made me think then again about the ego, which the ego I feel dwells in the material realm, the conscious realm. 
And in doing so, it identifies with the objects and items and relationships and some of the tribulations, I guess, in the material world. And the more we're invested in this, the less we're invested in that. So I feel like it's kind of a dilemma. This is that type scenario. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going through the lyrics as well. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how did I take this? <laughs> and one of, the, one of the defining qualities, I guess, of the modern worldview is that of duality. And I feel like duality is a separation, you know, of one reality into two, which in this video, to me, would think materialism versus spiritualism mm -hmm. uh, with the song. Yeah. I so I'm so with you there. You know how I also took that line of if they don't give me proper credit, I just walk away. I took it because I don't know what those times were like. This was before I was born. And thankfully, I'm still so very young. <laughs> and um, I don't know exactly like what those times were like and what the culture was like and things like that. But it talks about some boys kiss me, some boys hug me. I think they're okay. If they don't give me proper credit, I just walk away. And the way I took it was because I know that Madonna, from my understanding, she was very one of like the most important figures, I guess, in pop culture or music that really helped to liberate women um, sexually and to like embrace the fact that like it's OK for women to own their sexuality. And she was just like very open and out there. And I took that line also as in terms of, you know, like not ruining her reputation in a way, like in terms of if they don't give me proper credit, I took it as if they don't recognize me as like their partner or their special person, that kind of thing. Because I think back in those days, it was like very looked down upon. still. if you were, you know, out there making out with someone or getting close with someone, and then you weren't official, or you like, kept that hidden or whatever. So I think to me, that's also how I took it is like, oh, if you're not ready to recognize that, like I'm the special woman in your life, then you're not going to keep making me look bad. I'm just going to walk away. Like whatever. I don't have to deal with you. <laughs> that's how I took it as well. Well, I love it too. Cause back then, I mean, I was born in 84 that you think about it, girl, I thought you were like my age. You look so young. I thought you were actually younger than me. <laughs> how old are you? I'm very young. <laughs> I was going to guess you're probably about 24. Oh, thank you, girl. I'm 32. No way. Yeah. I would not have got, no, I'm 37. I'm like, yeah. Well, you're well just I appreciate like hearing that. Most people do guess me. I'm <laughs> younger. I'm like, I date a guy that's younger than me. So it works. I thought oh, you were 28. <laughs> you're funny. I always hear that. Well, thank you. That makes me so happy to hear. Yeah. <laughs> So back in 1984, I know that divorce was really frowned upon. And obviously, times have changed. Unfortunately, I think it goes the polar opposite these days, not to be judgmental. But yeah. um, I do think there's such a difference. And she did really liberate Madonna. She really did liberate women. Between this song, Material Girl, and Like a Virgin, those were her two songs that stood out. And she said she just... When I was looking at past articles, when doing research for the video, the one thing she said, she can't kick the material girl. She goes, I'm going to die with the label material girl. Oh, so the song kind of backfired on her. <laughs> you know, as much as it helped her stand out, people don't sometimes go the depth. So they automatically assume she's a material girl. And she goes, I'm going to die with that label. So I can see where, where people would think that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I thought it was about. I mean, just from the lyrics, but the music video showed another side to that. And then I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like I never knew this was part of, you know, what she was trying to communicate the way I, you know, took it. It was like, oh, it, it, in a way it kind of felt like she was making fun of materialism. <laughs> that's how I took it. So by, by the beginning and the end of the video. So polar differences and I think people have to be present though to recognize it and I say that with any music video a lot of people listen to either the lyrics you know and they're focused on anything else going on in the world or what they're going to make for supper got to do this 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 and this and all their to-do lists until I became present in my awakening process I was like holy crap these music videos, they're speaking to me. Like, so that's why I have my top music video. I update daily on my website. So I'm hoping if synchronistically wise, it helps others connect the same way. And it's the way my guides speak to me. But I don't know if you've noticed that. Do you ever watch like music videos, especially from back in the day? Current ones, I don't really pay attention to because I like 
noticing where we were starting to get things figured out and where we're at to current date? I don't know. Have you noticed that at all? I mean, honestly, when it comes to music, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the music video. Sometimes like it just depends. I, I listen to a lot of modern music. So sometimes I do watch the videos and sometimes I'm like this. I don't understand where they're going with this. <laughs> and then sometimes the music videos are deep, like for me, for example, um, God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. And so like, I was really interested in like, what was she trying to communicate via this you know, imagery here and this and that, like, I really went in depth and tried to understand that. So some videos are deep and they have profound messages, but a lot of the music today does seem to be to me a little bit superficial sometimes. And it's so annoying when it's like catchy, it's like, dang you, why are you so catchy? So yeah, I don't, really pay attention to a lot of old school things like I said it doesn't unless it like stands out to me like that song um the other day I'm trying to look it up right now but I'm like I can't find it well the creativity Uh side for me is what stands out it's not all about sex and drugs I laugh when I say sex drugs and rock and roll because that ages me from back in the 70s you know parents (laughs) my dad would be like that's bad stuff and I'm like what? And I asked him the other day, I go, why do you think he was thinking, I don't know. He's like, just, it was something that was said to him. And I go, there were so many answers in those videos. And I like, because there's just so many all the way up through the nineties, so many stars giving, giving us answers to the reality. But if you're not present, not paying attention, you don't see it. And so I just think it's really cool. And I, I have my nieces and my nephew and I'm really working on my nieces, just being present. I go, when you're watching a music video, really pay attention and they will. And it's neat to see their, you know, storyline, a pink one. My, my niece stood out with, she has her daughter in it and it's an Alice in Wonderland theme and there's such significance. So just people out there pay attention to music videos sometimes when you have a chance. I think definitely the music from back in the day was so much more soulful and meaningful and they clearly wanted to communicate certain messages not to discount the work of people today because they're still putting their heart and soul into that and certain messages or experiences that they've gone through for sure but I just feel like like for example in terms of rap you know I grew up with like a lot of rap and R&B and stuff like that and so the rap from back in the day is so different from the rap today no offense to any rappers of today I still listen to some people's music and I still like it but a lot of the times I feel like rap today is just for the sake of rhyming like they just put whatever words together and it makes no sense or I don't know how it's connected to like a deeper message or the music at all like the topic of the video or um, and I just feel like back in the day rappers like rapped about real important like social issues or whatever their community was going through or whatever it was in the politics or something like they spoke about deep things and I'm like what happened to that (laughs) so I don't know sometimes I feel like media or music has been hijacked in a way so to dumb the people down this is my conspiracy theory as an Aquarius (laughs) hey there's no such thing as conspiracy theory for me I, I believe in that too it made me think about right away Tupac I was a big Tupac fan he died 1996. I want to yeah. say I used to have a poster in my wall. I loved his music, but I remember writing in college, I'm aging myself. We had to write our favorite song and why and speak about it. And I wrote about changes in the music video with Tupac. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's so that. significant. Yeah. And he really had it figured out. Yeah, he was really, you know, woke, as they would say today. So it's really interesting. You know, I didn't get too much into his music because I was still quite young, I think, when he passed and he just kind of like left. And, you know, I was more into like early 2000s rappers. (laughs) But but yeah, I knew that his music was very deep and soulful. And when I have heard them here and there, I'm like, well, he's like speaking about real things here. Like, no wonder he, you know, left because he was just too real for this world. What is your opinion on that? Do you think that there's a thing as too woke? Um, I mean, for earth, for earth. I think when you say that you're too woke or something, that's just your ego talking, you know, but I don't know. I don't, I just feel like this is just part of 
life and what we're here to do. And sometimes some of us are meant to have a greater understanding of things and to speak out publicly on that. And because we are stepping powerfully into that leadership role of addressing things that others would rather have us kept hidden or ignored. Sometimes, you know, we are going to definitely pose a threat to the status quo or to certain institutions or whatever it may be. And they're not going to want us around, you know, to keep waking other people up. And that's just part of the risk that we have to take as spiritual leaders. You know, I see it all the time on YouTube, for example, people, I don't know if I would say complaining or something, but people just saying like, oh, you know, I'm YouTube is shutting me down and this and that, and this is happening and I'm losing my social media on Instagram or whatever, you know, this got taken down and it's just part of the game. It's part of the game. Like you stepping into your leadership role, sometimes you're going to receive this pushback, you know, but you just have to keep doing your best to keep stepping up and coming back no matter what, not let, not allow yourself to be silenced, not allow your, your light to be uh, dimmed in any kind of way. So that's Beautifully what, what that is like the best spot probably for us to end on because that is exactly what I feel everyone needed to hear. I really do. So Steph Ventura, I really appreciate you coming on today and joining me. Thank you. And I will hopefully bring you back on here down the road when you get your new programs out. Yay. Yeah, of course. I would love to come back on. Yeah. So after today's episode, I know there's some people that want to reach out to you right away. So out of the social media platforms that we'll be posting below, what's probably the best and quickest way to reach you? Yeah, one of the fastest ways is either on Facebook or Instagram. That's usually where people message me directly. And I'm also on YouTube and TikTok. But you can find me on all the social media platforms as Steph, S-T-E-F, Ventura, like Ace Ventura, pet detective, I know, Ventura coaching. And that's how you'll find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, Steph Ventura coaching. Thank you again for joining. And thank you all for listening into today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to write us. That's what we're here for. So sending out light and love until the next time. Stay well and God bless. If you've enjoyed spending time with me today, I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast You'll find links in the show notes to items discussed during the podcast. Check out the Try A New Frequency website for my top daily music video. I love hearing from all of you. Feel free to send me an email to tryanewfrequency at gmail.com. I'm sending you all love and light until the next time.